0: What is going on? Welcome to the Land Podcast. This week we have a great guest. His name is Trace and he bought his first farm in Wisconsin and we break down what that entire process looked like for him. It's been a while since we had a first time land buyer here on the podcast and it's always great to get folks on here who are just getting started and showing how they did it and what their plans are in the future because I think it is very relatable for a lot of people out there looking to get into land and hearing other people make the plunge and make the sacrifices and plan in order to do so. A couple things here before we get started into today's episode. We're doing a giveaway with The Hunting Beast and we're giving away a set of sticks, a beast stand, an Exodus render, and a dozen Exodus Tailored MMT arrows to your door. All you have to do is head over to the description and find the link for the sign-up. All you have to do is put your name, email, and we're gonna be sending out the winner an email on September 30th. So keep an eye out on your email on September 30th. If you do sign up, that's when we are announcing the lucky winner. Also, if you are in the market for a reliable cell camera, head over to our website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, and check out the special pricing we have on the camera right now for a limited time. You are looking to get a few more set of eyes out in the woods to help find that target buck or keep tabs on them real time. Head to our website and claim that deal before we go ahead and change that pricing back. And finally, if you're new to the podcast, the first time you're ever tuning in here, a couple quick things. My name is Jake Hofer and the goal of this podcast is to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. Trace is one of those people, and it was so great to have him on here, but how you can be on that list of 100 people, there's a couple different ways. Number one is I'm licensed in Illinois, and I'm more than happy to help you as a buyer's agent, cost you nothing, and you get some great representation to walk through the entire process, start to finish. And uh, if you're in my area, I'd be happy to help you. And if you're outside of my area here in Illinois, I'm happy to get you in connection with someone I would personally do business with. And let's say you're outside of the state of Illinois of where you're looking, I'm lucky enough to know a lot of really great agents across the country and if there is one of those guys where you're looking i'd be happy to get you guys connected and if there's someone i don't know i'm not just going to google a name and tell you because you can do that but if there's uh, by chance you're looking in an area with someone that i know and that i would trust and do business with happy to get you guys connected and then the third one if you just simply learn something from this just send me an email send me a message however you want to get hold of me and say hey. Uh, what you're doing on this project has helped me buy my first farm or I'm about to buy my first farm with the help of what you're doing. That's the whole goal of this. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Trace. Here we go. All right, we got Trace here. Trace, I'm super pumped for this conversation. Um, We've been talking here a little bit on and off uh, on Instagram about the first farm you bought. But before we get into all of that, uh, take uh, take a chance to introduce yourself, where you come from and where you're at today.
1: Sure, Jake. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to, uh, to tell, the uh, tell my story here and, and hopefully it'll help someone, someone out there listening. Um, so my name is Trace Trey Sanderson. Uh, I live in Trempolo, Wisconsin. Um, I am kind of a freshly graduated dentist down in this area and, um, really, really loving it. Went to school in Minneapolis and moved down here to, uh, to chase big gears. So, um, it's kind of, it's worked out well
0: so far. That's cool. So, how did you decide to be a dentist? Cause that's a, that's a long journey to become that that is a very hard journey to become that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it kind of, kind of started when I was about 15. I um, was riding my, my pedal bike, I uh, hit a jump, went over the bars, landed on my face, broke my nose, knocked some teeth out, all that fun stuff. I uh, went through the whole process, got a couple of root canals done. Um, and I, unlike most people, I was like, man, that was so cool. Uh, I had no idea there was anything like inside the tooth. And so they, they kind of showed me as they were going and, um, just, just loved it and kind of been tracking that way ever since.
0: That's pretty, so no, like no, no one in your family is a dentist or in, in that field. No,
1: I've got a, a great uncle who, um, was a dentist kind of back in the day and he's obviously, you know, retired and everything now, but, um, but yeah, I just kind of thought that was pretty neat and went that direction.
0: There was a a very short stint in my life. Like I would say junior high where my mom was, my mom has been a dental assistant my entire life. So I've always been around the the dental office and I thought like this would be a pretty cool career, but uh, obviously I didn't land on that, but uh, mad respect for going through those. And um, so did you think like going through school, you're like, I'm going to be a dentist pretty much the whole way?
1: Yeah, kind of. So my, I went to Michigan state um, about Probably halfway through my my freshman year, I kind of made the made the decision, switched a couple things up, changed my major, and all all that fun fun stuff. And um, yeah, probably about about since then, it's been you know this has kind of been the direction that I've I've been heading.
0: Very cool. So, what got so I assume you've been in the hunting space or you've enjoyed hunting for basically you know walk us through that process of where you're at and um, what got you started in that too. For sure. So I'm from a small town in the Northeast uh, corner of the upper
1: peninsula of Michigan, Sault Ste. Marie. Um, growing up, we had, you know, family, family deer camp, uh, just a little way South of South of town. And, um, the stories go that they'd bring me out there, you know, like two, three years old and let me sit on the, uh, on the counter and watch under the floodlight in the yard and and look at the deer and, and all that stuff. So I've been, you know, kind of around the, uh, the, I guess, hunting camp culture atmosphere, if you want to call it that, um, pretty much right, right from the start, um, started hunting right when I was able to at 12 in, in Michigan and, um, grew up rifle hunting, um, only up there, um, probably somewhere around my freshman year, uh, of Michigan state, I uh, met met a couple of buddies who were really big into archery hunting kind of got me into that. And that's, that's primarily what I do now. But, Uh um, but yeah, that's kind of how it all all began.
0: Do you remember at a point where you're like, man, I really want to own a piece of ground someday specifically.
1: So yeah. And, and growing up, like I said, with, with a deer camp back home, kind of, um, kind of a luxury, you know, to, to be able to always have some property there. Um, but, the, the one thing, and if any of your listeners are familiar with the upper peninsula, not a, not known for big deer, especially in the, on the east side. Uh Um, so it was kind of a, like, man, it'd be really nice to own, own some land where you might see a a couple racked bucks in a year instead of a spike and, you know, like maybe a little basket eight point. Um, so probably, probably around when I left Sault Ste. Marie to, to go to school for the first time. So probably right around 18.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. And so when did this, so you just finished dental school last year? So, yeah, May of 2021, I graduated. Okay. okay. Years are going too fast now. Um, yeah, so, so and now you have a residency or uh, are you, walk me through of what your day-to-day is or are you working in like, a, are you an old surgeon or are you, a? tell me yeah. what you do?
1: Sure. So I'm a general dentist, um, graduated May of 2021, moved down here. Kind of like I said, and I, um, I'm in a practice, uh, in, in West Salem is the the town. And, um, so yeah, my day-to-day is just, you know, uh, patient care, um, billings, crowns, bridges, extractions, all that, all that kind of fun stuff. So uh-huh. no residency didn't go that route. When I graduated, I was ready to, uh, take the gloves off and,
0: and get going. Cool. Yeah. So, when did you first discover the podcast? I guess, and and then where did that fall onto your your land journey?
1: Yeah. So I probably discovered the podcast this past spring at some point. Um, you know, I listened to the Exodus. Um, when it was the Trail Cam Radio podcast. Yep. And, you know, would kind of tune in and, and pick stuff up. Um, and then I think maybe you had plugged it on there, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm pretty interested. In, and, um, at that point I was really focused on trying to get permissions down here. I really didn't think that land ownership was, was in the cards for me, um, for at least a few more years. So, um, started listening to the land podcast and, you know, it, it's kind of cool to hear all the different stories and the people that you have on to talk about different ways to, to get things done. And, um, you know, that, that was kind of switched the the thought process for me to, you know, maybe, maybe there is a way that I can, can do this instead.
0: Yeah. That's what I enjoy. Most of this is there's so many people that come from so many different walks of life that have so many different backgrounds, so many different goals. And uh, there's just a lot of ways to get into this. What I think people have the impression that the barrier to entry is almost impossible or intangible, or it's just like, Oh, I can never do that. But um, that's, what's been so rewarding and so fun about this. And I'm excited to kind of break down your story. And I think the area where you're at, is it pretty hard to get permission? I assume. I mean, it's very, yeah. <laughs> very difficult.
1: I, um, the only permissions that I've got, I've sent out, I don't even know how many letters and, you know, I, I've not that I'm doing anything special cause it's not, not working <laughs> yeah. out, but you know, like a couple of pictures in there myself so they can, you know, just try to get an idea of who I am and all that. And, um, no, no luck with that. The only permissions I've got have been, um, a couple people that I met through work actually. And, um, you know, I'll, Hey, I'll come help, you know, put in food plots or you're telling this new field, I'll come pull roots or stumps, whatever. And, and, uh, kind of exchange that a little bit and that that's been okay, but it's really difficult. Everyone's got either they hunt it or they've got family who hunts it or, you know, friends or, or everything seems to be pretty. Full. Yeah.
0: yeah. I always wonder too, with people that, put a lot of effort in, and there's nothing wrong with getting permission. I've got a permission. I still hunt permission properties to this day. And i hopefully will always will um, with any luck. But sometimes I wonder like if you put that amount of effort into just trying to get an additional source of income to where you can just go buy your own piece and do your own thing. Because um, not to jump in the story, but I assume when you step on your new piece of ground, there's a, a lot of certainty with whatever you like, if you want to cut that tree, you can do it. If you want to, you know, you can kind of cut your teeth and decide what you want to do. Is that, one of the most rewarding things or what's one of the most rewarding things with the new farm?
1: Yeah, I would say that for sure. And we just got things wrapped up here. Um, gosh, a couple weeks ago. So we're, um, Wisconsin opens actually this coming Saturday. So, you know, kind of a crunch on time for now, but I've got, tons of plans laid out for next spring and, um, all sorts of stuff that I want to do, but I I have done a couple of things already gone in and, you know, just cut, cut a couple of things. And, um, it's nice to, you know, there's no, no repercussions for that, which is, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So when you were searching for a piece of ground, walk us through that. Did you have an agent Were you shopping, uh, through all the listing syndications or what did that look like on your end?
1: Yeah. So kind of, Probably similar around the time that I found the land podcast. Um, uh, a guy that I had sent out a permission letter to, um, had forwarded that to uh Chad with Weiss Realty. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that's who, guys. yeah.
0: We had Jeff Sturgis on, and I know that's who, who, he oh, yeah, yep, a yep. lot of his transactions, yeah, and so,
1: um Chad connected me with one of his guys, Alex, uh, who kind of works in, in this area quite a bit. And um, so we kind of, we got on the phone and we talked a little bit and I said, okay, here's, you know, here's what I can do, um, you know, reasonably at this point. And, um, and he's like, okay. So we kind of just started looking and I was, I'm sure like everyone else looking on land watch and United country and like all the third parties to try to, you know, just see if I could find anything and, um, and it was hard and especially stuff that I felt like was in my kind of my, um, price point was going so quickly. And, uh, so that's where really, you know, having an agent was super, super helpful.
0: Yeah. So were you kind of working, well, I assume you were kind of working with him or at least you were a, a bug in his ear of like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm qualified. Like, this is what I'm good for. If you find something, let me know. And then you're just looking everywhere beyond that
1: yeah yeah exactly and kind of just being impatient i guess is really what it was and um you know he was he was looking for me and um kind of keeping me in mind on on some of that stuff and, and obviously being you know pretty freshly graduated my budget wasn't and, and it still is not you know extensive by any means and so i was like okay you know, if we can find something in this dollar amount range like let's do it if not i gotta gotta hold off and so um you know, kind of a, a pretty narrow window there, I guess. And so I was like, well, maybe I can find something, but of course it, you know, he ended up <laughs> finding it for me, which was great. He's, he's been fantastic to work with.
0: That's the thats the key of having a good agent in your, uh, in your corner. So when you were looking to beyond price, what other things were you really honing in on that was important to you?
1: Yeah. So being in this area and I, I haven't been here, you know, too, terribly long. I've been hunting, you know, kind of down in this area for a few years now. Um, But some of the stuff that I really like are like the draws and the ridges and, you know, being in this, the driftless area here. Um, So I was looking for something that had some topography in it, um, maybe a little bit of food. It's a really big ag area. And I do a fair amount of public um, land hunting as well. And one of the areas that I feel like I kind of, uh, struggle there is once the crops come down and the food becomes more of a draw again, um, you know, there, if it's all gone around the public, you're, you're kind of out of luck to, to some extent anyways. And so that was something that I was looking for to, um, or at least some open ground where I could get
0: some food put, put in. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I, I think that makes sense. And then, um, <clears throat> so topography ability to put food on the property or have food nearby, um, anything else that? how? What about uh, radius to where you live? So, what was there a, a time parameter that you used?
1: So, the, the property that I ended up getting is just about a half an hour from the house, which is, is kind of perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's a potential to be able to shoot out after work and uh, make it, you know, for an evening hunt if the weather's right, or, you know, like a Sunday evening hunt that's a little bit closer. Um, I, I was really hoping to find something within like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, I drive to hunt quite a, quite a bit as it is. So that didn't really deter me too much. Um, but obviously the closer, closer, the better.
0: This is this farm in close proximity to where you enjoy hunting public a lot too, or is it a little bit different?
1: It's a little bit different. Um, there is some public in that general area that I spent some time on this past spring, um, kind of tore some of that stuff apart and was, was pretty happy with what I found. So then when, you know, when we were talking about this kind of general area. It's like, okay, you know, I feel pretty confident just based on what I was seeing that there's, you know, there's some good deer in this area. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes sense. Cause I think, especially with someone that's getting started to have, and this is nothing, I'm not recreating the wheel and there's a lot of smarter people that I've said on the podcast, but that to have some public spots nearby your farm to, uh, take the pressure off, off your parcel and still scratch that itch and still go down there and sure. still learn the area. Um, I think is a, is a great thing to do. So that's, uh, That's definitely, that makes sense. So when you're going through this process on the prospecting side of things, what was your, what was your strategy in terms of talking to the banks or financing or figuring out how you were going to purchase the property?
1: So Alex was actually really helpful in all of that. So um, I ended up working with a credit union, like a local credit union here that he does a fair amount of business with. And he directed me um, right, right to them. And he said, Hey, you know, tell them that I sent you, um, they'll, they'll take good care of you. And so that process was actually pretty, pretty short, which was (laughs) really nice, especially being new to this. Um, I, I really didn't know, you know, how much would I be approved for, you know, um, what monthly payments were going to look like, you know, how, how, how an arm, um, mortgage worked. I had no clue. And so, um, the, the credit union was fantastic with that too. Um, And then as far as, um, you know, kind of like finances on my end, it was, you know, like, where, where can I cut a couple corners on some different things, you know, squirreling money away. Um, And what I, what I ended up settling on that worked really well for me. And and it's a little bit different for everyone I know, but um, just kind of taking, you know, making sure that everything that I had to get taken care of was taken care of and then squirreling all that extra money that I possibly could just into a separate account. Mm-hmm. And i um, just letting that, letting that be not touching it unless I absolutely had to. And, um, and that's kind of what I was able to use for the down payment. What'd you cut out? like dollar wise,
0: you know, like, so what did you, so you had to uh, tighten up the budget. You, it sounds like you had to maybe, uh, reduce some other areas of your spending. What did you oh, end up? Yeah. What did sure, you decide? Yeah.
1: And so my, my fiance is probably the one who took the brunt of that more, more so than <laughs> me, but, um, we, we didn't really go out, you know, for dinners or, uh, like to movies, stuff like that. Just, just really looking, um, like we, we kind of bumped some stuff off of our neighbors here, uh, for a little bit, like, Hey, you know, uh, I don't really have a weed whipper could we borrow yours and and so i'm sure that they were sick of me asking for stuff like that but just you know every little penny that we could uh could set aside um you know and it, it came in handy so it was um mm-hmm. you know and, and we're still doing that right so um you know but hopefully we'll be able to get a weed whipper soon <laughs>
0: those that stuff adds up so fast of all the stuff you didn't realize you needed and then you're trying to go do something like Oh crap, I don't have one of those. And then you look them yeah. up, you're like, crap, yep, that's kind of exactly. expensive. And then you're looking on Facebook Marketplace to find one used that's cheap <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. that, that can do the job. Yeah. I respect that. So um when you when this farm came across your uh, you know, wherever you saw it first, was it just like, oh, this is it, or was it did you need to walk it first? Or what was that like in terms of identifying the property of this is okay, this is something worth diving into deeper.
1: Yeah. So to be totally honest with you, I, Alex sent it to me um, somewhere right around the 4th of July here, I think. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, um, I he sent me the pictures of it and I was like, yeah, I don't know, you know, whatever. And we looked at a couple pieces at that point and he was out there walking it that day. And maybe an hour or so later he called me and he's like, maybe he texted me either. It doesn't matter. Um, it's like, you got to, you got to come and look at this, this piece. It's like, you know, it's uh, a, a pretty good piece for what it is. Not crazy expensive. Won't break the bank or anything like that. But I think it's got the potential to really hold some big deer. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the neighborhood looks, looks pretty good and there's some food on it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm looking at the area. I was like, man, that, for uh for a part like that is, uh, yeah, I see why I caught your attention or at least caught yeah, the, sure. uh, Alex's attention, attention too. So when you went and walked it, what was, what's what stood out and like you know for what it is now, what could it be down the down the road? What are some of your thoughts when you were looking through that farm
1: so the The big draw is if you're looking at the aerial it's the the southern um portion of it, so there's an acre of field, roughly it's about an yep. acre and um so that that was a huge draw right to be able to have some food in there it's It's in row crop production like this year, so that's really nice um the other thing that I really liked about it is the, um, the potential for, like, access kind of along the, the east side of the property. We get a lot of west winds here. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's that's really nice for, for entrance and, and egress, of course. Um, the other thing that I really liked about it is there's kind of a ridge that runs. Um, it tapers as it runs to the east. It tapers down a little bit. And there was some bedding on there already. It's pretty thick and anywhere that, like when I walked through there, anywhere that the sun was getting through the canopy, it was just super thick and there's raspberries and all sorts of stuff in there, which just look awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, actually that's one of the things that I'm hoping to get taken care of kind of next spring is there's there's a handful of really, really big maples in there that I'd like to get, get out of there, get some more sunlight in and let it really grow up and, and get nice and thick in there. Um, to hopefully hold some, some more deer for the the coming
0: years. It looks like it's on a pretty quiet road, dead end road too.
1: Yeah. Yep. Very much so. And, uh, um, there's only one, it's like, I think it's a, like a little hunting property that's past it. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, it should be good. Not a lot of traffic every time that I've been out there so far. I mean, there, nobody's gone by, so.
0: With that one acre that's currently in production, do you plan on taking that out? Do you plan on making that food? What, what's your goals or plans there?
1: So it's corn um, this year, and we were able to work it into the contract that that I bought the corn um, oh, from nice. the farm. Which so you got a one market, acre so. standing
0: food plot yep. of corn.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. I'm that's super cool. excited about that. And um, so yeah, the the plan going forward is, you know, and I don't know much about farming at all so i'm gonna need to probably you know ask ask a lot of questions and and get some help um, for the first couple years but um the one thing with the corn that's a little bit problematic right is shooting through it whether that's with a gun or a bow um and so i'm gonna either have to make some lanes or you know I, i went and cut one little area out already um but I'd like to maybe get it in you know part of it in in beans and something you know another part of it in I don't know like brassicas or or something green um mm-hmm. to, to hopefully give them a little bit more of an option
0: so when you walked that farm, was there i assume the the parcel of the west gets hunted i I would just assume yeah um, so did you did the agent know anything about the neighbors to the west or did you see any like fence line tree stands or was it um what did you So think? there
1: are, there are two stands. Um, they are, I think both of them are ladder stands, not, not crazy close to the property line or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely one thing that I kind of wondered about, but the nice thing about, you know, it being pretty close, I looked up where the neighbors live. They're not local. That's um, right. so if I see, you know, a, a good front coming, I can, I can get there. Buzz whereas, down there you know, not that they couldn't, but it's going to be more of a stretch for them to to do that. So mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping that that'll kind of play into my hand here.
0: Yeah. And it's just, it seems like, uh, it's one of those farms that are going to, it's going to hunt bigger, especially as you do those improvements too. And, uh, I mean, it lays out really nice. I'm just looking at it. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: super excited. And like I said, I mean, we get a lot of West winds here. And so the, the, um, that Ridge kind of sets up really nice for that for some bedding if we, you know, if that all kind of works itself out. So I'm pretty excited to hopefully hold a couple deer. And, um, you know, I've, like I said, I've got a couple other things in mind that I'd like to try and, and, um, just increase the, the holding power a little bit.
0: Yeah. So what is a, what's a piece of advice that you'd give someone that's listening right now that they're just, they're, maybe they haven't started squirreling away money to buy the first farm, but they're, they're thinking about it. So what would you tell someone that's at that stage right now in terms of, uh, advice or things that you wish you would have known?
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm for sure not an expert on any of this, but I, I think the biggest thing that, um, that helped me was just starting. I mean, that, that was the hardest step. It's like, you know, it's really easy to use that to to go out for dinner or go to a movie or buy a weed whipper or whatever. <laughs> but um, once I got started, it, it actually came a lot easier. It was kind of, um, not like it was a, another bill or anything like that, but it was just like, okay, I, I know that I'm going to set aside like this much and this much. And so then it, it kind of builds that way. And, and that, that made it a lot easier is just getting started.
0: Yeah. And I know in personal experience too, when you, when you put that down payment down on a farm, it's like, oh man, it knocks the wind out of you. But after after some time goes away, like you kind of forget about it, and obviously the emotional pain of spending the money is still there, but it's kind of yeah. gone. It's like it's out of it's out of sight, out of mind. And then now you're locked in, and and you've started the snowball, the process of having a piece of ground. Is that the same thought that you had or feelings that you've had up to this point? I know yeah, it's kind of fresh sure. still.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it was um, once I once we kind of you know had everything like figured out, like what I'd be able to afford and all that. And then we found the property. It was like, okay, so, you know, roughly, um, this is going to be the down payment. And so once I got, you know, that, like my my head wrapped around that, um, it was kind of like, okay, so just as you're looking at the numbers, right. Just subtract that right off the top. Um, and it, it made it a little bit easier when I, when I went to get the check, but I was
0: still a little bit, oh
1: "Oh, man, you know,
0: you're not human if you don't feel that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what, what were some resources along the way that really helped you? Obviously Alex seemed like he played a really big role in this being successful, but what, what else um, helped along the way?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think um, from like a personnel standpoint, Alex is probably the the number one thing. I mean, he's been super great to work with. Like I've said a couple of times now and, um, you know, and just for me anyways, it was kind of comforting to continue to be like checking Landwatch and um the Weiss Realty website and, and all that stuff just to kind of see like um and they they gave me comps and everything too, but just to like look at you know some different things and like okay, um like put my mind at ease a little bit with some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then you know, just the the seller was actually really, really great. Um and they let me go and put a camera out and I didn't like do a ton of, of anything. Um, but I put a camera out on the the corner of the corn that's in there and, um, the, the buck pictures helped a little bit
0: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that that's definitely a uh, really important. So have you got some big deer on camera or is it just, it's still early? Not,
1: yeah, not anything crazy yet. Um, there's, there's one eight point. That's, that's pretty nice. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, of course has being the, the first year, but he looks pretty nice. He'd be in trouble if he came by. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that. Um, let's see. I mean, I think, uh, so like, what is your plan moving forward after, after purchasing this? I mean, is this the last piece of ground you think you'll own or is this, is this step one for you?
1: No. So, I mean, ultimately I, and I'm sure that a lot of people have the same goal or dream, right. But I'd like to have, um, you know, either a, a handful of smaller pieces. I know that people talk about that, all the time like is it better to have you know like a 240 or is it better to have six different 40s um but but something you know like that where you know you've either got like one big property or a handful of smaller ones um i'd say next step for this one is to get those improvements made um, Mm -hmm. next next spring um and one thing that i that i've been talking quite a bit about is trying to build like a resume for this property so you know trail camera pictures harvest pictures um all that kind of stuff i think that can all hopefully it will anyways play into you know kind of being able to sell this one and roll it into something bigger and because this one's you know it's pretty small um on the acreage side um you know roll it into you know Probably something modest next, but then hopefully a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and, and just kind of see see where it goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's something that all these folks that we've discussed with that <clears throat> have a lot like has something similar to what you're describing, that is pretty much all unanimous. That is their advice. It start out with what you can, whether that's a you know, whatever that is, start with that and and because here and I've said this too, you have to your mistakes can get amplified the bigger the the purchase becomes. So like if you screw up on this one it's really not the end of the world, you can recover from right. that. But when you make a ginormous one and you mismeasure, you miscut or something along those lines, I mean not necessarily <clears throat> the world's going to come crashing down on you, but you're going to feel that mistake a lot more oh, than yeah. on, on what you For could sure. on something else.
1: No, and that's that's one of the things that I um was not that I was, you know, scared to to try this or, you know, buy buy a piece or anything like that but I also didn't want to like way overextend on this first one because you could put yourself in a world of hurt really, really quick. And so, you know, something smaller, a little bit more um, manageable from a financial standpoint, kind of made sense to me. And, you know, things go well on this one and you're able to, you know, um, kind of roll it into the next one, maybe a little bit bigger and, and do that again a couple of times. Then you're sitting in a pretty decent sized chunk of, you know, chunk um, ground. And, and that's where, but, but you've done it a couple of times at that point. So that's kind of what I'm, what I'm hoping for anyways, you know, start, start small and roll it into the next thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think another thing too is your, your checklist becomes more optimized too of what you think is really important. Maybe some of those aren't as important or things that you didn't think were that important become essential uh, moving forward. Um, sure. what, what was a myth that you maybe heard or thought about buying land that was debunked um, when you made this purchase?
1: I, I mean, I think the big one was just that, you know, you've got to have just like a ton of money in your bank account. You, you know, you've got to be able to, to um, just have like access to all, like all these unlimited funds. And that definitely was not the case. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's the biggest one. That was a pretty big deterrent for me, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, you know, like you see, especially like all the really big farms that, you know, pop up on land watch, all the different, you know, um, land websites and like, man, that'd be really nice. But you see a a price tag of like a million dollars plus something like that. It's like, man, there's no way, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I would say that was the biggest one for me was Mm -hmm. just kind of talking with the credit union a little bit and being like, okay, what, what can I reasonably, you know, be approved for? And what, like, here's kind of my, my budget, you know, my monthly stuff, what, what can we do? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think the other misconception is on a lot of those ginormous pieces, the people that people think that the people that buy those are, that's their first farm that they bought. In reality, most of those people are 1031 and into that one because they're on step eight of, you know, this entire process. And there are certainly people that do that. But that's uh, that's something that I've come to learn too, because I think like, man, the only people that can buy them, do they win the lottery or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, especially um, in this
1: area. I mean, some of the the bigger farms are you know, they're they're going for some, some pretty good money. And it's like, man, that's, that's wild. But, um, but like you said, I mean, people build into those, I'm sure. So,
0: yeah. So, and how important or unimportant, important was it that, I mean, you bought into a a premier county when people, the people had to come up with five counties that come to mind when they talk about deer, this is one of them. So was that important? Not important. Was it a buying a perk for you? So I, I kind of was looking at
1: that, um, from more of a, like a resale standpoint, to be honest. I mean, you you know, I feel like you put that, um, tag on, on any sort of property and people take it more seriously, like automatically. Um, it was, I wasn't like attached to having something, um, in a, in a County like that, but when it came up like this, I definitely, I didn't shy away from it at all. Um, it was kind of like, yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool. And, and like I said, I mean, you put that on there for for like resale value or anything. And um, I think people will, people will like that.
0: So did the people that owned this before, did they deer hunt it or was it just a parcel that they had?
1: So my understanding of it is the piece got, um, like it was a giant, part of a giant, giant piece that got um, sold at auction to a handful of different people. The people who bought this section of it Um, we're just looking to sell off some of the wooded chunks to, to, you know, make back some of their money and and everything like that. So, um, I don't think that this has been hunted, you know, like I, when I have been in there, there's nothing, no fresh sign, no garbage, uh, no, no anything like that. So, um, that's been pretty cool. There were a couple, you know, like really, really old tree stands in there too, which for whatever reason, I always kind of like to see those too.
0: Those are cool to see. Yeah. And that, that brings up another point too, on some of these auction parcels where it's mixed tillable. Um, You know, if someone's buying that strictly for farming, a lot of them don't necessarily have as much interest or uh, importance on keeping that timberland where that could be a, a great opportunity to even follow some auctions. And uh, if you can do some due diligence, figure out who bought them that, I mean, that could be a, a way to find an off market deal too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I, um, have kind of been looking at like moving forward like where do i go next you know i mean that that worked out pretty well and like we were kind of talking before this i mean this piece never really even made it to the market so i had first crack at it um which was really nice too especially the way that the market was has been kind of going like gangbusters around here
0: yeah for sure you almost you have to have resources and like people in, in place or you have to be doing a lot of legwork. Uh, I think to find something like this cause I'm sure if it was listed on the MLS or listed online, it would have been scooped up in a day. Um,
1: uh, yeah, Oh, for sure. And so no, it, it just worked out really well. Um, but it, that, it kind of you know happened the way that it did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, anything else here that you want to share or that come to mind that, or a question that I should ask that I didn't
1: No, I don't think so. Um, I, I think, you know we covered quite a bit of it um and, and like i said you know earlier too i'm I'm so far from an expert but i you know learn as much as i can well, you're doing it and doing some reading and you know all yeah. that kind of stuff so it's been good and, and just super helpful and um and i really appreciate all the content that that you're putting out there um i mean it, it made it seem a lot more attainable to me and that's you know a big part of the reason that i that i've got this far now so
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I I gladly added you to my list of 100 people because uh, it it is just so cool to know that the people that come on here that share their stories is making such an impact uh, with other folks and, you know, helping them start that because it is a daunting process. And the other thing that I noticed is I haven't found anyone. And obviously, it's kind of a a curated survey uh, sample. No one really regrets buying ground. So that's, uh, you know, no, <laughs> uh, probably a product of people I ask, but nonetheless, uh, sure. it seems to be accurate. Um, well, yeah, man, I mean, I really appreciate you taking the time to share this. I'm really excited to see what this parcel is for you and what it might end up being down the road uh, in terms of, uh, you know, whether you keep this one forever or you, you end up getting something uh, different or another one. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate you sharing your story. If you can think of anything else, uh, I'll I'll let you free for your night. I really appreciate appreciate your time
1: yeah no jay thanks for thanks for having me on and um like i said i mean hopefully this this helps somebody out there just kind of realize you know it's uh it's more doable than i originally had thought you know so so maybe it'll be uh be helpful for someone in that way
0: i'm sure yeah i think uh so many people have similar there's a i don't know if you listen to uh habitat podcast jared um, it, this parcel kind of reminds me of his first farm that he bought too. So, uh, and I know he, he bought a different farm this past summer. Maybe I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so I, it's, uh, there's similar paths of, of this journey and, uh, you're, you're well underway, but I really appreciate your time. Yeah. No, Jay, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. There you guys have. It. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode Trace. And it's always great to have these first-time land buyers episodes. If you have a similar story and you want to share it, reach out and I'd be happy to have you on here. And I think there's just a lot of value of folks listening to the the experts that we have on here and then also people who are just getting started because I think You can learn something from everyone, and that is the beauty and goal of this podcast. And also, be sure to head over to the description and sign up for that great giveaway that we're doing with the Hunting Beast gear, and obviously the Exodus Render and the Exodus MMT Tailored Arrow. So be sure to check all that out. If you guys enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review. I think we're almost to 100. We might be at 99. So I hope that one of you guys listening that made it this far, has listened to the podcast and has enjoyed it enough that will get us to 100. So that is it. I hope you guys have a great week. We have Don Higgins on the Exodus podcast tomorrow. So be sure to check that out until next time. See you.